Welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show. And I have the pleasure today of um, interviewing Giselle. Um, Giselle can tell you her surname because I always mess it up. Um, she is a well-being specialist and mental health therapist. Giselle, welcome. How do I say your surname? Monbio. Monbio, okay. Yeah. Um, how are you today? You good? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And you? Excellent, yeah. All good, thank you. So, um, we've known each other for a couple of years now, I think, yeah? Um, and as I've said before, I've, I've always learned loads from you, um, but really interested in the work that you do with kids um, and helping them manage their stress levels and their anxiety. What is it that you actually do? What is a well-being specialist and mental health therapist? What do you do? So I do all sorts of things. So I work with individuals and I work with groups. I work within educational settings uh, to enable people to be able to uh, prevent mental health issues if possible. Uh, but also when people are really getting challenged with their various things in their life to enable people to, so I guess, get techniques and tools to help with it but also it's more about digging into what the root issue is and then enabling that person to be able to release that so I work on many different levels so uh, I do a lot of teaching uh, with groups so that's on a bit of a, a more superficial level and then my my individual work we go go more deeply in so it's either it's like a mixture of going back to the past looking at the present and then also kind of seeing and try and start creating the future that you want. Okay. And and what ages do you work with? What's the youngest person you work with? Well, I, think, with? I, mean, I, think, I think probably the youngest, the youngest I've ever worked with, with is five, five four, or four or five. five. But I don't, I don't generally, generally work, work with that, 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 that young. young. Um, um, I, I currently, currently work, work in secondary, secondary school, school one day a week, week okay. working, working with, with the teenagers, teenagers in the school, in the school yeah. which, which I absolutely yeah. love. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of I fell, fell into, into the, the role, role uh, a, little a little bit by, by chance, chance and, and I, I absolutely, absolutely adore, adore it. it. I get, I get all, all sorts, sorts of things come into my room. Okay. And, and the, the, the results, results are, are really, really, really good. good. Oh, really, excellent. What are um, some of the reasons that, say, those teenagers or other kids would get referred to you? So there's an awful lot of anxiety, okay. huge amounts of anxiety. So, I mean, recently it's been exam anxiety especially. Yeah. It's particularly, it's a boys' school I work at, so it's specifically, I'm finding it's boys who are possibly a bit more sensitive, who are a bit more introverted, they don't fit into that sort of box of, you know, what it means to be a man kind of thing. And yeah. they think there's something wrong with them. Right. Actually, right. there's nothing wrong with them. No, you know, no. Obviously, yeah, of course. They're fabulous the way they are. Yeah, yeah. And it's about letting them start to learn and understand mm -hmm. that and realise that they are good enough how they are. I yeah. do get some, yeah, I've had some boys who've who've experienced some really immense traumas in yeah. their past which they've been carrying the weight of the responsibility of these experiences which was not nothing to do with them you know it was not yeah. their fault yeah. so even just getting them to realize that it's not their fault and yeah. letting them to realize what they might have learned from the experience and how they can carry that forward you can kind of see them coming in with this really heavy 
heavy weight on their shoulders these poor kids and then after a couple of weeks three weeks you know they're starting to get more yeah. upright and they're smiling and then they're sort of looking forward to the future so yeah, it's, yeah. it feels because I work I, I mean I, I work with a lot of adults there is something yeah. about working with children that feels yeah. so important yeah and I guess that's I mean I always think as as adults we were probably raised to not say when you were feeling worried or anxious or, you know, there was no one who you could really speak to. And so we, we've just carried that. Whereas now there really needs to be a bigger movement kind of to get kids talking about yes. how they're feeling. Um, how do you define anxiety? Well, I mean, anxiety comes out in sensations. It comes out in thoughts. It's the fear. It's the worry. It's the what ifs. But yeah. it normally comes with a very, very strong sensation. So everybody's anxiety is um, is unique to them and their triggers are unique to them, but the body responds to stress in the same way. So what's really useful is for people to understand what it is, what is happening to them physiologically, because when they realise that actually what it is, it's their old brain is believing it, it needs to protect them from a perceived threat you know it's, it's a protection mechanism yeah it's just protecting it's protecting from to the wrong things really so actually their bodies are working perfectly it's just responding to the wrong things and actually sometimes you realize you know, people because they think that they're going mad or they're you know all these things which go around in their head and you realize no it's 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 a brain response yeah and yeah. Yeah. once they start to realize that a lot of it is it's the thoughts that they have it's the what ifs it's the the catastrophizing into the future it's that shame of what they just said to their friends all of that type of thing once they realize a lot of it is is increasing due to the the catastrophizing that's going on in their brain then they can start working with it yeah and do you think that a lot of of kids or young people don't actually know what they're feeling or they don't they can't recognize that actually I've got my you know my intestines feel like they're shaking or I'm I'm feeling clammy and they don't know what that is which makes them more worried or exactly and also parents don't know parents yeah. don't understand it so I I run a course a five-week course for parents specifically to be able to um understand what their child is going through to so help them reduce their anxiety but also increase their resilience yeah because if the parents uh know what to do and what to say and how to respond and to deal with their own stress then that's going to knock on to the children as well but yes i mean you get headaches you can feel ill you can feel scared you can get bad stomachs you can uh your sleep might be rubbish you might be withdrawing from your friendships not really understanding why yeah, yeah. And it is, it's just that natural response to a perceived threat. Yeah. And so why would parents bring their kids to you? Would they, because they wouldn't understand it that clearly though, would they? Would they just see a change in behavior or? Yeah, it's normally a change in behavior. And that's the thing, isn't it? There's a huge list, huge list of yeah. things to look yeah. out for. But actually yeah. the key is if there's a change, if there's a real shift, so which, which can be a bit more troublesome with, teenagers because yeah. they are changing so much because of their all their brain changes but it's about if there's a few things which are altering 
then yeah, it's it's worth sort of looking into that and getting to understand that more. And I know it's better to get it as soon as you can. The longer, the deeper it gets, the harder. It's not I mean, hard yeah. as well, the right words, but it's quicker, isn't it? If you yeah. could grab yeah. these things quickly. Okay. Um, and and so in your um, the parenting workshop that you're talking about, what types of things do you cover? Like in those five weeks? Oh my goodness, so much! So it's oh. <laughs> I've created it so yeah. it's all the ages, so I can have parents coming right. in, right? Okay. Old. And they've got an eight, and someone else will be there with an eighteen-year-old. Right. So the thing mm-hmm. I, I do include is the teenage brain because the teenage okay. brain is absolutely fascinating and yeah. explains an awful lot. So we look at what anxiety is, the way it shows itself, all the different symptoms that there are, um, and uh, it's very interactive. So yeah, I, I'm a mum of three as well. Yeah. And on no level do I ever pretend I've got it perfect. I mean, goodness. Yeah. Every day is a challenge. Yeah. I say to everyone who comes, it's every tool, every technique I teach, tweak it for your child. I'm not going to tell them what they have to do for their child. We know our children best. Yeah. So they do amazing things with, I I, I teach them breathing exercise, visualization. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple. uh, Yeah. Yeah. We look at mindset. We look at uh, how parents can look after themselves. Yeah. Uh, we've got locus, locus of control. We look at so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really interesting how each parent there is something that <laughs> jumps out. Yeah. Of them. That's yeah, really yeah. the thing. Yeah. So what never ceases to amaze me how pe- parents go away with my information and play with it, and then they create the most amazing yeah. things for their kids because they're yeah, yeah. for their own children's unique interests and. Oh, so, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've been yeah. every half term for the past two and a half years. And oh, sometimes wow. Sometimes I have to run three uh, in a half term, and most of the numbers have definitely been, definitely been oh, wow. yeah. yeah. And in terms of, so if you're working at a school, do you get parent involvement there as well, or is that a bit well, harder to do? I have done. So okay. the way I work is I'm, I work very much with for the individual as opposed to having like a set, um well we one we do this week we two we do okay. this okay yeah, so, yeah yeah for example one child i saw there was just a real issue at home yeah and everything he was saying i knew and i knew the parent wasn't meaning to create yeah, yeah. uh i'm a great believer in attachment you know the importance of reattaching yeah. with your children you know it's fundamental it's the absolute key and the attachment had gone for whatever reason. So I got the parent in, we had a big chat and she was like, oh, thank you so much. And yeah, then, yeah. And then, you know, and it's, it's turned his life around. So yeah. not with, and, and, and the parents as well. So not with every parent, but when I feel that it's necessary, then I yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so I know you said with um, you working at a boys' school, do you think that, or have you seen a, is there a difference in the numbers of boys versus girls being referred or? Um, Within my private practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or has there been like a shift? Because I've certainly found that yeah. boys are still not referred for anxiety as such. No, no. I mean, my private practice, it's generally girls. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So why do you think that is? I don't know. It's a number of things, I suppose, isn't it? Are girls allowed to speak about their emotions more? Yeah. yeah. Um, They're almost expected to, aren't they? Yeah. Is there more of a pigeonhole? Um, maybe because anxiety is expressed in so many different ways. And yeah, yeah. Maybe some of the boys are expressing their anxiety in ways which isn't recognized as yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Um, and do you think more boys just hide it? Probably. Probably. I mean, it, it does shock me a little bit, this sort of toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. The, the way Instagram is impacted. But I have to say, when I have the boys in front of me, they're so open, they're so yeah. engaged, they're... Yeah. They're they're amazing. I don't. Yeah. Quite funny, especially with teenagers. They have a bit of a bad reputation. And yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always absolutely blown away by them. Yeah. Their wisdom and their insight and their, yeah. their ability to get the the concepts. I, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It's way. almost like once you close the door, they can just be themselves. Yeah. And and say, you know, what they're really thinking because mm-hmm. no one's watching them. There's no yeah. kind of shame or you know act that they have to have to put on or yeah. what um, I love about the younger children as well because I use a lot of visualization with younger children yeah yeah and like if you do the visualization with adults they're <laughs> well you know yeah. Sure, yeah slightly embarrassed the children they just go with it and they're yeah the yeah create I just their their imaginations is just phenomenal yeah and they love it um yeah. so I know there was everyone was talking about the um the mental health pandemic or the, the, the difficulties that we had since COVID. Do you think that's leveled out or do you think it's still the same? Or? I think we're only just starting to see, to be honest. Yeah. I think uh, certain habits which happened, I mean, the going into sort of social media a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think now that life is going back out again, I think that actually a lot of the anxieties are coming out more, especially around exam time. The yeah. A-level students who've never done, didn't do the exams, GCSEs is a really, yeah. really good thing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's, yeah. I, I mean, especially in my practice and during and my courses, yeah. I, yeah. I'm definitely not seeing a levelling out. And, and how much school avoidance or school refuses as such are you seeing are you seeing lots of that because I am seeing a lot of kids who are just refusing to go into school that's that's interesting actually so obviously I wouldn't see them at the school yeah yeah no no, <laughs> they, no have, yeah. they have to they have tried yeah. to get a couple of school refusers into yeah. Uh, yeah. but they're not at school so that, that yeah. didn't work very well um I'm just thinking actually on my courses, I've had a, to be honest, that's being quite level parents who come in okay. courses saying that their children are refusing to go to school. It's quite yeah. interesting. A lot of them are finishing the course, their children are, are going back to school. Right. Okay. It's very exciting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because um, I've certainly seen a, a, an increase um, in the number of kids who just haven't been able to go back to school. Really? And are now just being educated just because they're, they're terrified to go back, or what's yeah, the- and it's just you know, it's the anxiety. And I think a lot of their parents saw them kind of do so well with home learning 
and saw them relax and not have to worry about the many other things that they would normally worry about at a school. Yeah. Um, the yeah, so that's been lets down so many children, doesn't it? You know, yeah, the kids yeah. that fit into that. Yeah, into that box. yeah, and that model of learning is, um, yeah. Um, just you've mentioned a couple of techniques. So you've mentioned visualization. What is your kind of go-to technique, so to speak, for kids, say, in like coming up to ten? coming up to 10 so there's a really nice um thing you can do at bedtime so bedtime is is the is a good time with younger children often because in most families that's where the attachment is so I always always whatever you do you need to get that reattachment and that's just in any age and if you're not doing the reattachment all these things kind of fall a bit flat so it's about ensuring that you're spending you know at least 15 minutes a day proper quality time with your child and that in itself is enough to let them think yeah you know they're, they're really attached to me but whenever you want anything with uh, to do anything with them make sure that you're attached to them you're not just shouting oh go and do blah blah you know get the eye contact get the physical contact go into their world what's she doing what's going on oh, that's lovely right well shall we go and do blah blah now you know get the attachment and the more you're able to bring that into their lives how much better their behavior starts to become because you're able to communicate uh for the, the under 10s it'd be a nice thing called uh, stop the worry monster so if your yeah. child is really is a warrior so uh, so lying down uh, and just tensing the body going from um the feet and then taking it in turns it's going up the body uh, feet and then legs and then bum and then uh, when I was little I used to visualisation as soon as I heard the word bottom I'd go into squeals of laughter I think it's hilarious um, and then up the body and then that releases any stress that's retained in the body because the, the body holds on to stress it holds on to trauma yeah. so it's a really good way to, re- to release that depending on the focus of the child it might yeah. Yeah, if yeah. a child is quite ADHD get them to do it when they're standing up get them to do it don't get them to sort of sit quietly in a corner that's going to drive them mad yeah you know they can do it when they're moving around uh, and they can take as long as they want over it and then taking sort of five long in breaths and out breaths so that starts to show the brain that you're starting to relax. So the body has released the stress. The brain is starting to realize it's relaxed. And then it's about visualizing a happy memory. Yeah. So getting them to remember a time where they felt really happy, getting those colors really bright, the sounds, who, who were they with, really reliving that because you can't feel anxious and feel really happy at the same time. If your child, for whatever reason, refuses to acknowledge they have any happy memories at all, um, just get them to create a place, create a place in their imagination that they feel safe, okay. happy. So that's you know, that works fine as well. So that's really nice for, the, for under 10s. Yeah. Um, and just something you were saying um, about the breathing. How do you teach kids to breathe properly? Because a lot of them tend to kind of just breathe up in their in their chest and don't yeah. do like a really deep breath have you found a, a really good way of teaching so, um i mean one because I, I sometimes sort of go into schools and teach you things and one thing i say is often imagine there's a balloon okay in your okay. stomach and as you're breathing yeah. in and get them to think about what color is the balloon what's the shape of the balloon yeah yeah as they're breathing in the balloon 
uh, rise uh, gets okay. bigger and as they breathe out the balloon goes smaller okay. but you know there's things like very little children you get them to blow bubbles and things like that or they yeah. can yeah. in their uh, stomachs but yeah I think the that whole idea of just getting a uh, making a balloon go bigger and smaller can be yeah yeah okay and and then what about those who are um those kids who are like your pre-teens the ones who are yeah early teens into teens you know they are kind of your 10 11 12 moving into high school are they the techniques you give them would they be very different to the ones who are say 15 16 17 um, I guess the way I, I would explain it would be different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just feel there's no size fits all. Yeah. Okay. It's very dependent on on the the child. I mean, one thing yeah. that's useful for the age group if they are catastrophizers, uh, which is always involved with anxiety and stress. If they're always sort of thinking, "Oh God, that's going to be terrible. That's going to be awful. It's going to be worst case scenario," after they have finished it, and you know it and and it's turned out all right you sit with them and go well that turned out all right didn't it so can yeah. you remember on the scale of one to ten beforehand how worried you were so yeah. like, how did you feel afterwards what was that worry like at the end you'll go oh, one or two did it turn out all right yeah it did so what you're you you're doing is you're re- starting to retrain the brain to rec- you know, so it recalls i was worried on that time but actually it didn't amount to anything. It's that, you know, 97% all we're worried about doesn't happen. Yeah. And then the next time they're worried about something, you can then say, could you remember that time when you were really worried about going to play football? And you, it was like a nine. And actually when you did it, you felt great. And you you, you got through it. Yeah. That's great, isn't it. So it shows them that they have the tools and yeah. resources to be able to go through it. And so that's building resilience yeah. is knowing that you can face things. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and techniques for kind of in that moment. So um, before an exam or if you are really stressed about um, going on a trip, for example, or seeing a friend who you don't really want to see, mm. what about those kind of in the moment techniques that you would give? Um, uh, I mean, the one, uh, five, four, three, two, one is always okay. Fun. So okay. can you can, explain that a bit for some okay. parents who don't? So the reason why, the, just a bit of a neurological reason why it works. So when yeah. we're stressed, anxious, we're in the old part of the brain. And yeah. the old part of the brain is all about emotional reaction. Yeah. It's all about reaction because the purpose of it is to protect you from if a lion's coming to attack you. So you're not going to be there going, oh, well, let's analyse this. Shall I run uh, at this speed? And then I can get through the line. You know, you'd be yeah. eaten. So it's about reaction. However, okay. going to an exam or going to see a friend is nothing to the level of the lion. Yeah. So the, the key is to try and get out of that old brain. So if okay. you connect to your senses, so what you can see, what you can feel, what you can hear, all those things, you go to a different area of your brain, which is just at the back of the brain. So yeah. it's kind of just pulling you away from that threat response. So you do five things um, that you can see. So you just look around the five things you can see uh four thing can you get them to name it or just say i mean initially it? initially it's probably quite good to say can you n- name it you know yeah. name yeah. The, the five things you can see and as they get better at it they can just do it in their own heads but yeah yeah uh, and get them to really focus on their feet you know when you become okay. aware of 
your feet in the ground, you become yeah. present. If they're scared of it, it's because they're being triggered by something in the past and the brain okay. gone back to the past thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Really be aware of their feet on the floor. So five things they can uh, see, uh, four things that they can touch. I think that's where it goes. Uh, three things they can hear, uh, two things they can smell, and one thing they can taste. Um, another way you can do it is just look for the the red thing. So, for example, uh, there was a boy the other week who was having quite a big panic. He'd, he'd just come out of a big panic attack. Yeah. So getting him to do five thought it was too much. So it's, what can you see in this room that's a yellow? Or just what's okay. in this room? And at the beginning, you can just see there's nothing. But gradually, you know, they start to become more aware because anxiety okay. is an internalised response. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they are struggling still, one thing you do is you, you can do like a breathing exercise in between. So you do the five things and then you could do seven, 11 breathing, which is breathing seven, exhaling for 11 okay. and then go on to the four things and then do the breathing and then the three things. So okay. that's a slower way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've not heard of the one about um, the colors before. So it's really um, interesting. If you, that's if useful. you, it, yeah. and you go, think to yourself, oh, what can I see in my room that's red? Yeah, yeah. Wow, and you start to notice yeah, your own yeah. that you've never noticed before. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well. Or let's find everything that's like a triangular shape or a square shape exactly. or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And regular practices to kind of work more on that, you know, just awareness, that self-awareness. What would you give some of the kids to do on a daily basis say they self-awareness about how they're feeling yeah 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 yeah. there's a really nice uh mindfulness exercise called stop i think we should all be doing stop on regular occurrences okay most of us are living in our heads and we only notice what the sensations in our bodies when they've got really intense um so the stop is an acronym so the s is recognizing that you need to stop so this is really good one if you're reactive but this is a good regularly so I'll, I'll talk about the different ways you can do it so the s is you stop and then the t is you take a few deep breaths i always think five is good yeah. no reason for that other than I okay so take five deep in breath out breath yeah and the o is observation so just observing how you're feeling no judgment no criticism no story behind it just thinking oh actually i've got a bit of tension in my in my chest so what you're yeah. feeling maybe what name it what your thoughts are like, maybe notice how your body is holding. Oh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tense here. I'm like, yeah. I look like I'm squeezing, I'm, I'm eating a lemon. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not feeling very happy at the moment. So even just by observing that, you start to notice you can relax. And then starting to be curious what happens if I start to become aware of what's yellow outside or start to notice what I can see. How does that start changing those sensations within my body? And then the P is how you're going to proceed with all the different possibilities ahead of you. It could be, do you know what? Those first three has really worked. So um, I can just carry on or it might be, do you know what? I'm feeling quite stressed. I'm feeling quite tense. I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go and play with my dog or do a few stretching exercises or whatever. Yeah. So it's really useful if we do it regularly. So it's, it's, it's about catching yourself when those micro yeah. have got bigger yeah, yeah. And, and getting it before okay but it's a really nice thing to do in a mindful way if you go to a park how many people in the park are just on their phones 
Yeah. Just do a stop in the park. Just stop. Yeah. Take a yeah. deep breath. Observe. Where are you? Look at the trees, yeah. the birds, yeah. hear the birds, all those things. How does that make you feel? What are the sensations in your body? And then as you proceed, proceed more mindfully. So yeah. Okay. Um, I was also going to ask you about um, interoception. I don't know if you've done, if you've worked much on that or aware of that sense. Yeah. Well, I thought you would be, but I just, um, because I was, um, I'm always amazed how many kids just starting with the basics of not knowing when they are hungry or thirsty and how that the impact that has on your emotional well-being and your just that emotional side as well. And I think that's just something that we need to educate mm. more, more people on. And I, um, I heard something, I think it was just today, where they were talking about halt. Are you hungry, angry, lonely or tired? And I thought that's quite a good yeah. you know, thing almost just to think about actually why am I feeling this way or what is it that I'm feeling? Yeah. Um, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, halt. Um, so I think that was a bit thirsty, that can raise anxiety. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I talk a lot about the importance of food yeah. and hydration and nature. And, and sleep. Oh, sleep, absolute yeah. priority. <laughs> but also, you know, if, if kids are constantly on their screens, they're not yeah. going to be feeling their bodies. Yeah. yeah really important um, that you, you know what's going on inside of you. Yeah, and I think that's something that's so, it's just not, it's not taught really, is it? It's not like part of the the curriculum, you know, how are you feeling today? Um, yeah. Um, cool. In terms of what teachers can do for anxiety, what tips do you give them or how do you... What do you say to them on a daily basis? They can. Is there anything that they can do um, in the classroom to help with anxiety or worries or things like that? I think it's really good to be able to recognise that's what's happening. Okay. I think as adults, I think it's very easy to quickly judge a child's behaviour and give them a term of difficult or troublesome or... I think naughty. as an adult, naughty, yeah. yeah. Um, as an adult, if you instead become curious about what that behaviour is expressing. Yeah. So most behaviours are a cause of something. Yeah. So yeah. It's that curiosity, giving that child time. Yeah. Giving them an option, building trust. Uh, and I suppose it's about giving them choices you know yeah and and I, I, it's about recognizing that there is a there's consequences I suppose to actions yeah so recognize yeah. letting them have choice but I think for, I think the first thing that adults can do is give children that time to to understand what that child is going through yeah yeah um I I think a lot of oh, oh, what I've seen teachers or adults do is not be good role models in terms of keeping things in. So I, I try and say to teachers, if you are angry, say, oh my gosh, I'm so angry because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, and so kids know it's fine to feel angry. It's fine to feel annoyed. It's what you do with that anger. And I think so often kids are, 
I told, oh, don't cry, you know, don't be silly. It's just a little thing when actually to that child, it's a, really a massive thing, you know, that they've dropped their apple or oh, something or lost their pencil. Um, yeah, so I think that's... Um, about not dismissing. It's about not dismissing what's important yeah, for them. Yeah, and yeah. It's quite interesting even just working with adults, you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll come with immense anxiety. That should we get to the core issue and it might be the fact that their brothers destroyed their Lego when they were three years old. And at that point they learned something to very, very significant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how often it's teachers that right. are the, are the um, core to the anxieties that adults carry with them later in life. Right. Okay. Teachers have an enormous responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Not just and that's that why child, but that child is going to be turning into an adult and he's going to be going into yeah. anxiety. Um, yeah, and that's why I think we need to do more kind of as a society of, of not sending newly qualified teachers into these um, practices where they, you know, they don't, they've got so much else to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's quite, I don't think they're prepared enough or they're given enough kind of tools or skills mm-hmm. to do that because it's... Um, well, I, when I was at university because I went to university a little bit later and I was amazed how you had these people coming straight out of school, doing their degree, going on to do their PGC, and then going back into school. And I was thinking, they've got no life experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're so young. Um, how yeah. can we help children that this Exactly. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Astonishing. Um, no, definitely. What, um, I'm trying to think, what else was there? Um, what about... Things that parents can do for themselves. What would you say are kind of the the key things to do for yourself as a parent to look after yourself and not not feel selfish or feel guilty for? It's so interesting, this concept that self-care is selfish. Yeah. It's indulgent and it's not a priority. But... Uh, I teach a really interesting uh, model. It's called the emotional regulation model. And it's looking at the three main systems in the brain which connect with our emotions. So you've got the threat system, the drive system, and the soothing system. And the soothing yeah. system is all about looking after yourself, compassion, self-compassion, all these feeling safe, trusted, all these types of things. And when you're in that, that's when you get your oxytocin. And oxytocin heals the damage that the adrenaline has done in your body. But the more you you go into that green zone into the self-soothing system, what naturally starts to happen is the threat system starts to reduce. So I know as a mum, obviously, I am perfect. <laughs> about like me. About 2% of the time. Yeah. I'm a totally different mother when I'm in a good place, when I'm relaxed, yeah. when I have done the things that I need to do. Uh, I've got good sleep, I've exercised, I'm eating well, I'm connecting with friends and I, I'm living in my purpose as well, which I'm very lucky because my work is yeah. incredibly purposeful. I'm a totally different mother than when I'm stressed and knackered and fed up. I'm intolerant, I'm snappy, I don't listen, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's absolutely fundamental. It's absolutely fundamental to parenthood for self-care. So that means getting good sleep. Sleep absolutely has to be a priority. For those who've got little children, you do get it again one day. Um, But you just have to try and get that sleep in. Skirting boards are not important, whether they're clean or not, the sleep's priority. Uh, Yeah. 
feeding yourself well, making sure you move your body, connect with friends. It's so important to be yeah. connecting with people. Yeah. Um, speaking I out. Al- yeah, I I am um, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I also say to parents to there's so much value in doing nothing. Mm. And just, you know, knowing you have a to-do list, but deciding actually I'm just gonna sit on the sofa and put on something that I don't have to pay attention to and just kind of zone out for a bit and yes. just just let that yeah I am um, I quite but enjoy a bit of well it's about whatever relaxes you yeah isn't it? yeah you know when it comes to exercise some people the way they relax is, is running 25 miles Other yeah yeah dancing around the kitchen yeah yeah uh, some people it's curling up with a good book someone else it might be sitting in the pub with their mates you know yeah it's, yeah I think it's what's really really important is you find the thing that does it for you yeah and also not to wait until you burnt out because yeah. once you burnt out it is it's much more difficult to get back to get your body back in balance so absolutely and in fact i normally work on a tuesday evening but my course last half term was cancelled so i went to adult art classes oh wow I, okay I since I was about five years old. Oh, wow. And I went to learn how to draw and I absolutely loved it. And it was yeah. very much just for me. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's really important to do things for yourself and to do yeah. things that you love. Yeah. You know, stuff yeah. that feeds your soul, not because yeah. you earn money from it or because you're going to get a qualification, but what brings you a lot of joy. joy. Yeah. And, and that you can just zone out and just you're just in it. Yeah, yeah. Because we're so achieving, aren't we? We're such achieving society. You've got to yeah, achieve yeah. All the and time. actually, we need to achieve that kind of that calmness. That's a, a massive achievement to achieve just being calm and being still. Well, it has um, to be about self compassion. You know, yeah, self compassion yeah. is about being warm and kind to yourself, kind of recognizing what you need and having the courage to follow through. With yeah. 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 Really important. Um, Excellent. Right. I um, I mean, I think we could talk for hours and hours. Um, I like to ask my guests, um, if you had to choose which sense, you know, I'm all about the senses, would you give up? Would you give up your sense of touch or your sense of vision? Oh, oh my goodness. Um it would be easy for me to say vision versus hearing, right? It's quite interesting because I'm I'm a really, really visual. I'm a really visual person. But I think it would be touch I couldn't give up. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's um, Yeah. So many people would say, oh, vision. And then you kind of explain it a bit to them and they're like, oh, my gosh, I use my sense of touch yeah. so much all yeah. the time. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Excellent. Well, right. I hope I never have to have that choice. Well, yeah, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much. Um, where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to arrange like courses or things like that? Uh, well, I guess my website is uh, yeah. a, probably a good place. So, okay, so we'll put that onto the, um, yeah. the show notes, as they call it. GiselleMombio.com, but it's pretty easier yeah. to read it than to guess how to spell it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, I will put that in. Um, excellent. And are you on social media? Do you have Instagram or Facebook? Or? <laughs> well, I do have Instagram, but I'm absolutely rubbish. I have to say, I am on LinkedIn. I'm quite good at LinkedIn. Okay, okay. I am on Instagram. I think it's got three pictures of my cat. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> a couple of both. I have to say, I'm not really a very good social media person, but LinkedIn, I'm quite good at. I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Found there. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Cool.